This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Look in my eyes. What do you see? A guy who doesn't know what to quote in WWE. I say doesn't know what to quote because CM Punk spent a lot of time in this promo building up to a line about AEW that no one in the audience reacted to, which is very interesting because a lot of people on Twitter reacted to it real big, but not the audience. And isn't that the point? Hello. I am Tempest, your host of the Wrestle Talk podcast review of Friday Night SmackDown, December 8th, 2023. Yeah. That's Sat E. Nangi. My lovely and wonderful co host on this Sat E day. Sat, what's cause and all this? Before we start, let's charge up for one last December time. <laughs> what's causing all this? Well, CM Punk did the promo that everyone wanted him to do on Monday Night Raw. Yes. But the issue was, as we're talking about it, it was to the wrong audience. Some people claiming he should have done that promo on Monday would have had a bigger pop for the line that he dropped. But, you know, Friday was tribute to the troops, SmackDown. You had a kind of different audience who are not quote-unquote bunch of internet nerds. They are <laughs> fighting to save their lives in their country or, or whatever. That's that's the excuse of the line I've heard. But yeah, what's causing all of that is CM Punk uh, has beaten the allegation that he's neutered in WWE. Indeed. So this is the titular thing. So we'll talk about it first. Let's but we're going to talk about this whole CM Punk promo because with this one line accepted, I thought it was a bloody phenomenal promo and i'm very excited to break it all down so make sure of course that you let us know what you thought of cm punk's real promo here on smackdown smackdown gets the better promo he's coming to smackdown confirmed lol mm, we'll see <laughs> let us know what you thought of it in the comments down below and make sure you give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the wrestle talk podcast channel if you haven't already we are going to get into things here because cm punk came out 
and it had been hyped up. CM Punk makes his long-awaited return to SmackDown on this week's show, and he's going to cut a promo, talk about whatever he wants to talk about. He starts by talking about what brand he's going to land on, whether it's going to be Raw, whether it's going to be SmackDown. He played with the crowd and got them to chant whether they thought he should go to Raw, Boo, or SmackDown. Yay! Yay! And we go on, and he ends up talking about loads of different people, and we'll break all those down in just a second. But one of the people that he got to was Kevin Owens, who we also had a little bit of play with on this show. He says about Kevin Owens that he's a little prickly. He doesn't know if he can feel safe being backstage with a guy who will randomly punch someone in the face backstage. <coughs> Crickets. I mean, where's the lie? It was a real... Oh, he was waiting for a reaction, didn't quite get one. So, I think you bring up a very good point in that maybe on a different WWE show, perhaps one immediately immediately following the return of CM Punk on Raw, his first big address that might get a swell of people coming up to the ticket window to get a, a ticket to the show. I don't know if they still have ticket windows or if everything's online these days. Scan your QR code here. I don't know if that sort of crowd would have had a significantly better reaction to this line or if it is simply a case of, well, this is the Tribute to the Troops show. And I was getting the sense that a lot of the people in the audience here were like, I don't want to say lapsed fans, but like, you know, they were popping big for the people they probably recognized from like a decade ago or more. People like Cody, people like Punk, you know, the mentions of. John Cena, this and that. Randy Orton, of course, comes out. Big pop. Of course, these are also the biggest stars on the show, but there was very clearly a big drop-off from that to the other people on the show. So I don't know if that is just their taste mm. or if this is a better example of maybe the WWE TV audience just doesn't care about this sort of thing, and they want to hear you talk about the beef that you have with the people in this company as opposed to making references to another company. What do you think? I think the audience are big, vast, and wide. You just happen to drop off at a at a stop where you have, like you said, casual observers, lapsed fans, people with free tickets. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. If you're yeah. the truth, right? Most of them got free tickets. They have to pay for it. It's like, scan your QR code, show us your ID, that you're a soldier, come and watch our show. So those are the people watching the show. They don't they didn't care. Like, what's the AEW? You know? Cody, you know what I'm saying? Like, most of these people probably don't know what AEW is. I do legit think it was just a, a great promo at, in the wrong city or wrong location mm. because these this the promo that he did on SmackDown it's obvious that CM Punk, him or his team <laughs> or his representatives, they, they went on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. They went on, on you know, Instagram. I don't really read Instagram comments, but I'm going to say Twitter and read the comments about how he was neutered and how he, he you know, he was too happy. PG Punk. PG Punk. They, you know, they're bringing up old promos. So he knew he had to beat the allegations. It's kind of like shed the stink from Monday and now he keep it moving. So he did the promo that people wanted him to cut on Monday and he even said it in the middle of the promo. Hey guys, you can keep on cheering. There's no time constraint. So he's hyper aware of the, of the critique of Monday, but something interesting. Cause we're talking, cause you briefly mentioned about how 
at the moment, CM Punk is a free agent. Is he going to go to Raw? Is he going to go to SmackDown? When he was coming out, he did his entrance, high-fiving, you know, um, Navy officers and all that kind of stuff. He went to one kid who's holding a certain world title. And you see Punk hold this certain world title and look at the camera like, hmm, interesting, and walked away. That is the new uh, World Heavyweight title. The kid had a new World Heavyweight title. And I felt like a lot of people probably missed it. That's Punk giving another hint. Like, mm. this is what I'm here for. This is my key to WrestleMania main event. Night one, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I, I do think if it was done like in Chicago, New York, uh, all, all the usual titular cities that, you know, have rabid wrestling fan base, they would have eaten it up. They would have cheered because it was a good line. That's the thing. Do not let the fact that people didn't respond to this lines, you know, you know, um, poo poo what he said. That was a great smart line using Kevin Owens who punches people in the face. People even said that. It's like people forgetting that Kevin Owens punched two wrestlers, you know, last week. They're laps fans. They don't watch the product because it is because it's, it's it was like almost a double entendre, which was missed. I feel like it was a great promo, unfortunately wasted on a crowd that didn't particularly care. They just came to celebrate themselves. Woo, we're the troops. Woo, JBL. Woo, number one. So it is interesting. Yes, sir. And I'm more so interested to see what sort of effect it has on CM Punk promos going forward because. I think there's something very obvious to play with when it comes to an, any potential CM Punk Cody Rhodes matches in the future, because obviously they have their shared history there. I'm curious as to whether now, because of the reaction that this got, they will look at that and go, oh, okay, we're not going to do that as much anymore if this was an experiment that showed a certain kind of results, whether they will look at it as, this is a crowd that isn't going to respond the loudest to something like that. And just in general, whether that is something that the WWE fans want. And again, I agree, you shouldn't generalize people because there are people who watch WWE that would love to see him go shooty shooty, booty booty on AEW and go like, oh, this is real wrestling attitude era. Sean Waltman coming out on Raw and mm. telling Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan to kiss his ass and stuff. I'm sure there are people that would be very interested. I'm not gonna say that wouldn't make for interesting TV, but I'm curious as to how the reaction to this plays into the way Punk is presented at all going forward. Um, three things. Number one, Triple H is not as fickle as Vince McMahon. He is not gonna sure. be a knee-jerk reaction. He'd be like, you know, it was, it was a diff different town, you know, it happens, blah, blah. Number two, this ain't CM Punk's first time in WWE. The way people are treating him like, oh, WWE, it's, the pipe bomb promo happened in WWE. Why are people forgetting that? It's almost like people say, oh, how did, how did, What's not broke, don't fix it. They know They know what CM... It's kind of like when Cody came back to WWE, the war, you know, he's not going to say professional wrestlers, he's going to say sports entertainer. But now we found out they're giving bullet points, but a Cody promo still sounds like a Cody promo, albeit less blood and less inside baseball because he's now much more polite than he mm -hmm. was in AEW. I just think, yeah, the same punk we saw in SmackDown is the same punk we're going to get. Maybe it was an experiment. On Monday, he was a bit polite and he on SmackDown, unfortunately. I do feel like had he done the, the pipe bomb promo today in that with that crowd, would have got the same reaction. Sure. We'd be like, 
what's the Colt Cabana? <laughs> R.H. They didn't get brought up by AEW. You know, like, I feel like it's right place, right time, right promo, wrong place. Had he done it on Monday, people would have been lapping it up. People were lapping it up on social media. It is a good line. It's just that people are using people, the reaction of barometer. It's kind of like a stand-up comedian does a great punchline, but doesn't get a reaction and they mm. call it a bomb. I don't think that was a bomb of a promo because he laughed and then he kept him moving. Yeah, he went for a reaction, but it wasn't. I think people over-exaggerate how long it was. It was kind of like he did the line, <laughs> then he kept him moving. He yeah. did the laugh. The laugh was kind of like, okay, all right. And he kept him moving. If if I didn't if I didn't go on Twitter, I would I would, I would be like, oh, he did the line. You know, it, it was just kind of like it was an ambient sound. It wasn't crickets, but just like you had people just chilling. So mm -hmm. yeah, so for me, it wasn't that bad. And I think Monday Night Raw is going to be a continuation of what he'd done. I mean, if you read online, people are like, yeah, I'm excited. He had, he mentioned, he had a mission statement in this promo. So let's not forget that. Yeah, yes. he did the line, but he had a mission statement, which you're going to tell us. Absolutely. Because we had to talk about the AEW stuff first. Because yeah. it's the spiciest bit Ooh. to come out of this. Even yesterday, you want spicy CM Punk? I'm like, yeah. oh, guys, CM Punk is always, that's why I don't want to be annoyed, but it's like, that's always been part of his character. It's not like, this is a new thing I picked up in this other company. It's like, no, <laughs> this is like the other company let him go even further, further than he did in, in WWE, but it originated in WWE. The chip on his shoulder was formed by being in WWE, but not from, from the moment he signed, from the moment that he had his tryout match and allegedly Triple H and Shawn Michaels didn't think anything of him and they put him in developmental, you know, Paul Heyman coming in and seeing, being the only ones that, that wanted to push him, being ECW, allegedly meant to win uh, December, December, uh, Elimination Chamber, not winning, you know. All of that was formed in WWE. It's like people forgetting that the, the promo guy you love so much, when you were excited about him going off against MJF and AEWs because of the body of work he did in WWE. Remember, he went against The Rock and out-promoed him, you know. Your arms are too short to box with God. Even within the confinement of WWE, he can still um, cut compelling promos. I, I, have, I am not worried. I'm not worried either. Yeah. As shown immediately by this promo. Exactly. That I was, again... Very much looking forward to talk about it. Yeah. I'm probably going to spend half the podcast talking about all the different things that he said in this promo. Why not? Because it, it was excellent. Thank also, you. Also, shout out to Punk and Ring of Honor. I want to say that as well. Mm. So, Punk comes out. And again, he starts with the Raw Smackdown thing, getting people to chant. Once we get past that, he starts to say, okay, I've heard what the people have said. I've heard everything that has come out of that promo on Raw. And maybe I was a little too nice. Maybe you all want me to turn it up to 11. Maybe you want the spicy CM Punk. So he basically is looking at everybody that tweeted that that promo sucked and went, okay, I got you. Here you go. Which is good. He then says, who do you want me to talk about? As sort of like, he, he takes Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about? And twists it a little bit. And... He starts by just saying, like, I could talk about Cody Rhodes. I could share some stories. But they're all going, no, talk about Roman Reigns. So he goes, okay, well, I could talk about someone who isn't here. And by the sound of it, is never here. Roman Reigns. And he starts talking about all of the different Samoans that are running around WWE. You got Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, and you got Jay Uso over on Raw. So he starts saying about how his Raw SmackDown decision could hinge on how many Samoans he wants to fight or hang out with in the case of Jay Uso. 
you brought up, he did flub a line that Jimmy Uso's cousin Solisico would be there <laughs> as opposed to his brother. But it's it's all right. Yeah. I'm not gonna blame the guy. He's not been around. Yeah. But we then continue onward because I think Roman Reigns is probably the biggest match that you could get out of CM Punk, barring any sort of return of a Stone Cold Steve Austin or something like that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that is a very big one to bring up and get people thinking about. But we continue because he leads from the Usos, Solo Sokoa bloodline thing. And he takes that and starts talking about the main event of this episode of SmackDown, which is a very nice little thread to connect things with. And you would see that more as we go through this show where he starts talking about, well, I'm going to need backup if I'm going to take on the bloodline. Who's going to back me up? People don't really like me. Am I going to be able to find backup in someone I have a lot of history with? That being Randy Orton. Would he team with me? I don't know. I'll tell you one person I think who would team with me, though. It is L.A. Knight. Yeah. 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 And again, very interesting, which we saw later. But he's bringing up all these names. Mm -hmm. And this is a really fun promo to do something like this in. And this is the sort of thing, not just the spiciness of it, but I think this is what people were really looking at and looking for from that Raw promo, where the Raw promo, not only did it feel disingenuous to people that were watching Punk for a long time or whatever, but it didn't feel like we really set anything up or had any direction coming out of it, which was, you know, supposed to be the thing that was going to hook all the people that would be watching Raw for the first time in a long time. Here, he set up potential program after potential program after potential team up after potential WrestleMania. The whole next year plus of CM Mm -hmm. Punk was mapped out in this promo, which is fan friggin' tastic. Because we go from there into the Kevin Owens bit with the AEW line that we've already talked about. And then we ended with what will probably be his big, maybe WrestleMania program, but definitely his first real big program, that being with Seth Rollins. And he said that he he isn't concerned with Seth Rollins as much, the guy that doesn't want him there the most. <laughs> and it's not because of his whiny voice. Lol. It's not because of his song which is the only thing he has going for him. Lol. It's because he's not even the man of his own household. (laughs) Hey-oh! I bet he is. I bet Seth Rollins is cursing every single day that Becky Lynch came up with that that promo. It's it's easy talking. It's easy easy I'm sure they're happy when the merch checks come in for the man shirts, Mm. but otherwise, it's like, man, he gets that thrown at him so much. He's the man with the man. Yeah. (laughs) So... Punk then ends all this by saying that on Monday, he's going to put pen to paper. He's going to decide whether it's going to be Raw, whether it's going to be SmackDown. He brought up having a conversation with Shawn Michaels, seemingly Mm. suggesting he could end up in NXT, which I don't see happening. Have you met Ilya Dragunov? You don't want to face that guy. No, no, no. There are a lot of good talent down in NXT at the moment. So he's going to do all that. And earlier in the promo, he made an illusion to being the guy that's going to throw 29 others over the top rope Ooh, baby. to win the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Because he closes this by saying he's there to finish his story, nice. to finish what he started all those years ago, and that is main eventing WrestleMania. What? Drops the mic. Everyone goes, way. So that's the CM Punk promo. And we'll get into all the other segments he was in later in the show. But... 
There's like I like how you said he had a mission statement here. Yeah. CM Punk, the character, has a mission statement, mm -hmm. which wasn't presented particularly well the first time he cut the promo. No. This time, not only do you know what he has to do in the immediate future, that's deciding what he's going to go, you know, Raw or SmackDown, not only do you know his long-term goal, that mm -hmm. being main eventing WrestleMania, yes, and sir. by extension, winning the Royal Rumble in order to do so, but you have so many potential matchups and programs coming out of this promo this was a masterful bit of pro wrestling television. I agree. Um, initially, I I was thinking when it comes to like predictions for 2024 Royal mm -hmm. Rumble, Gunter was the top of my list to win the Rumble. Agreed. I don't think so anymore, guys. <laughs> I, I think he'll have a strong showing. Final four. Heck, to surprise and everyone, he might be the final person Punk eliminates. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that might be the case. I'm thinking uh, Cody has a strong showing, but I do think, even though it was criticized before, the whole, a wrestler comes back, wins Rumble, goes to Mania. But when it comes to CM Punk, what's special about him potentially winning is, is it's his first time winning. Yes. So I'm not opposed to a, a person that's never won it before winning. Cause the, you know, the, when Edge won and, you know, Randy Orton's won recently, you know, there's been repeat winners and, and Lesnar's another case as well. That's always gets a, a groan from fam, the fan base. Triple but H. Triple H, yeah. There's a lot of repeat winners over the last yes. 10 years. Mm -hmm. Batista. Cena. Even Cena, it was 10 exactly. years ago, but yeah. it was the second one. Yeah, well, you know, let's, yeah, those are perfect examples. So when Cody won it last year, you know, it was, it was predictable, but also sometimes being predictable is fine because... Again, the WrestleMania match between Cody and Roman, I still haven't seen it. They've still done their introductions. I still haven't <laughs> gone back to watch it. I might watch it one day when Cody wins. Might make it an easier pill to swallow, but I will never watch that match because it's, it's too heartbreaking. Because what I wanted to say as well, which goes into what I wanted to say, had Cody won against Roman, finished his story, there's no reason why CM Punk or Roman Reigns couldn't fight this year. Sure. It shows you a lot of reasons why Cody should have won last year, but, you know, we, we've beaten that horse to death. We're now reaching a new calendar year and sat let it go. But uh, CM Punk winning Rumble sounds great. I do think he's going to win the title from Seth Rollins. The, the reason why Seth Rollins withstand a lot of things was, in my mind, for Gunter to powerbomb his back <laughs> and win the title. But they're not telling that story. I do think it'll be CM Punk winning the title and potentially losing the bash in Berlin to Gunter for the title. That's where I mm. see it. But we're running too far away. But yeah, Simpon's got a mission statement. I think Raw needs... SmackDown's doing fine in the baby babyface side. With and, Orton back, I would agree with you. Yes. And potentially with Cody, potentially, you know, if he's not going to win Rumble, Elimination Chamber gets to choose whatever he wants to do, goes back to SmackDown. Because I do think if if um, Cody's not the final two participants, I do think Solo or someone of the bloodline is going to be responsible for him not winning. Mm. I do see it as in Roman's too scared to face Cody as opposed to Punk sort of situation where he doesn't want either of them. But Cody, especially because he made his intent known that the story for him to finish is against Roman while Punk could potentially have Seth so he's not that worried I can see that being the story but I'm, again I'm flying ahead but yeah Sam Punk's got a mission statement and I'm looking forward to seeing what's on Horizon it, it is again a very intriguing time mm. this has been a very Royal Rumble altering development I'm excited because I'm excited now for me Royal too yeah. like I said in my edited review like CM Punk going to go into the Royal Rumble 
And then he has a backstage deal with Cody Rhodes later. And I'm like, is this your final two? Are they in the final three or four? How is this going to play out? Mm -hmm. And it's not often that not only am I like, ooh, who's going to win the Royal Rumble? But I'm like, how are they going to win the Royal Rumble? The last time I can really think about it was 2017 mm. going into it when you had the double feature of the world title matches being Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns and John Cena and AJ Styles. And no one knew who was going to win either of those two matches. And then because there were all these people, you were like, well, the Royal Rumble could be won by Chris Jericho or Sami Zayn or Samoa Joe mm -hmm. or XYZ. So many different potential answers. And of course, they went with Randy Orton. But the point being, that was a really fun Royal Rumble because there were so many different options of different directions they could go yeah. with the title matches and with the Royal Rumble winner. And this feels like one of those Royal Rumbles now where I think CM Punk's probably going to win. I don't know that. Could still be Cody. Could still be Gunther for all we know. But you look at those guys. And then you start looking at like, well, what kind of story are they going to want to tell with the final six, the final four? Who's going to go in at number one? Who's going to be the Iron Man? And who's going to be the final man to come in kind of the, like the reverse of last year? There's so many different aspects of the Royal Rumble now. Because if I was booking right now, well, I say booking. I'm just fantasy booking this sort of thing. Like, ooh, would this be cool? And we're just spitballing, brainstorming ideas, right? Why not? Why not? It's our show. <laughs> Maybe the final four, I don't know if he's going to be healthy at the time, maybe the final four is Cody, Punk, Gunther, and Sheamus. Mm. And Sheamus eliminates Gunther from the Royal Rumble, and that's sort of like his reason to then go for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania You think that'd be him? Because it's between him and Chad, isn't it? Or, or Triple I, Threat, or Triple Threat with both of them, right? They're he, both there's so many different options that you could do, but... Mm. Again, this is where all this change comes from. Mm. I've been very much on the bandwagon of get the Intercontinental title off of Gunther mm. around this two-month window here mm -hmm. so that he can win the Royal Rumble and face Seth for the title. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's as likely that that's going to happen. No. So if he's going to be Intercontinental champion, have him hold on to that title until WrestleMania and give the biggest possible moment to somebody at the end of that reign. I don't know whether that's Gable or if that's Sheamus. Who do you want? Who do you want at the moment? Who who do you want to finish their story? It's it, it's so funny because it all depends on who's hot at the moment. Like a month or two ago, I would have been like, "Yeah, Gable's got to win this thing." But if you asked me around WrestleMania, I'd be like, "It's probably Sheamus that's going to do it." So if Sheamus comes back and it's like, "I am not." walking away from this business without winning that title and I'm going to take it at WrestleMania, I'd be like, yeah, Sheamus is going to win. I think that's that's the, the big gripe for me or, or the big reason for me is because Sheamus' retirement <laughs> is basically is, is, is hanging on the fact that he needs to be Intercontinental Champion. Mm. And I do feel like he needs to finish his story, but Gable's daughter crying as that loser. You know what I'm saying? And he said, the next time I do it, you know, I'm going to make... A... It's quite hard because I'm with you. I do think it's Seamus. It should be Seamus. And uh, I do feel like, yeah, he's nursing an injury. A part of me thinks he's, he's saving for a Rumble Pop return right. to go after Gunter and then after that, go for the title of Mania. There's a reason why, in a weird way, uh, Brawling Brutes have imploded. Mm -hmm. So that way he's now free to now go after Gunter, which is on Raw. He can go straight to Raw. You know, they can do a trade-off. They still owe the trade-off because... Um, 
I saw all the trade off. Oh, I'm no, thinking it was Kevin Owens. No, and James, Kevin Owens. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they can make up stuff. <laughs> you know? There's no a, rules. There's no rules this. anymore. I mean, what, what you, um, Tempest is lying. What is a draft? Yeah. <laughs> what is a draft? Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio just show up on this show. Yeah, but it, again, it is destined to be a great rest, um, Royal Rumble. But also, what we've been talking about lately is there's a lot of hot baby faces destined to get great reactions. And uh, and LA Knight, I do hope that he has a spot against you know Logan Paul for the sure. title because yeah. now that Simpunk's back there's, there's been a lot of reshuffling guys like Gunter and LA Knight who were on the cusp if there wasn't another hot baby face you're like okay LA Knight could be slotted in that you know mm. and all that kind of stuff but now with Simpunk back guys like LA Knight who knows maybe another year or two if he's too hot but Gunter he's definitely there ain't that much heels over like the way Gunter is so Gunter's definitely slotted to be the next top heel I, I completely agree I think Oh, Shane, uh, Drew McIntyre as well. He was in, he, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, we see what happens there with mm. Drew and everything. But we're getting a little further away from yes, we are. that. Mm -hmm. Punk going into the Royal Rumble. Yes, sir. And the lead into WrestleMania and the fallout mm -hmm. of WrestleMania appears to be in some way or another set up by this promo. Yes. Which makes this promo so much fun to talk about. As we've just done for the last 20 plus minutes. Let us know what you think of this CM Punk promo, whether he's going to win the Royal Rumble, who he should challenge at WrestleMania, XYZ, all the above. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let us know in the comments down below while we get into the rest of this here SmackDown show. And also, before we do, a few quick plugs. First of all, make sure you check out the new book available at WrestleShop.com, WWE AEW Fallout, the book that covers all of the cross-branded warfare to go on between WWE and AEW that is available now. You can pick up your copy today. It is a very good book. We do a real good job making our little books around here. It's real, real nice. I highly recommend it. And also, make sure you go over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk and make sure you check out the Patreon exclusive episode of Survival Series. It is every single WWE and AEW pay-per-view main event of 2023. And it was harder to remember than I think you would think it would be. I better remember what was the main event last month. Indeed. Oh, goodness. Great. So me. make sure you check that out. If you love survival series like I know you do, there's another episode of that over on Parts Fun Known and an exclusive episode to Patreon available now as well. So go over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk to check that out. Now, let's get into the rest of this here show. Because yeah. as we have said, this was the Tribute to the Troops episode of SmackDown. So there was a heaping pile of America to start this show and then throughout. This was sort of the main theme of the show, and like it is what it is. I'm not gonna, you know, denigrate that by any means, but it does sort of like come as a sacrifice to the rest of the show at times, mm. you know, because not a lot of the wrestling on this show was was particularly noteworthy. We got the very good CM Punk promo on this show, and that's really all people have been talking about coming out of this SmackDown. But there was a lot of military stuff here, video packages throughout the show. We yeah. opened with America the Beautiful. So we had that, and that led into the first match of the show, mm -hmm. which was the beginning of the U.S. title tournament. I wonder how that came together. U.S., yeah. America, yeah. tribute to the troops, how convenient. Yeah. That's, that so, is convenient. And JBL yeah. doing commentary. Very convenient. Yeah, JBL doing commentary. They, they're, they're stretching my patience when it comes to WWE commentary a lot. Okay, you're going to hate me, but I, I, I don't mind JBL in small doses. In small doses, <laughs> sure, I suppose so. I'll just probably never forgive him for the like the Sting match at WrestleMania. Or I, I, I know, but I do feel... It's, uh, we'll talk about this some other time. Yeah, let's go to you. In, in addition to a lot of <laughs> other things. But... We had this opening match, that being Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee, which was a rematch of their Survivor Series encounter. So, this was a... Match. Match. <laughs> and it's really tough, because I would come on here week in and week out throughout the month of November, for example, and talk about how awesome these little Dragon Lee fun work rate matches with Axiom and Cedric Alexander, all those matches were. And... 
I really enjoyed them, and I thought they were doing a really good job of getting Dragon Lee to the point where people would care about him. Yes, sir. Now he has lost two fairly big matches with Santos Escobar back-to-back, one of which at Survivor Series, and now this one on SmackDown. And this was a match in particular that really struggled because the people, I don't think, knew who either of these guys really were. No, they didn't. They were chanting for JBL during the match. And again... I don't know if it is just because of that, but the finishes of these two matches just feel like they come out of nowhere, you know, where, again, Santos Escobar didn't like win a lot of matches over the last year being in the the LWO. They took a lot of pins for Mm -hmm. the Judgment Day and such, but he hits the Phantom Driver at Survivor Series and gets the pin and everyone's like, oh, okay, moving on. And then in this show, this match, Dominic Mysterio's at ringside as well. And Dragon Lee's on the outside. He's on the apron. And he kind of goes up to the, the top rope. He does his kick over the top rope, climbs to the top rope. And Santos crotches him and then just like pulls him onto his back in a fireman's carry and hits the Phantom Driver again and gets the win. And again, it's just like people aren't like, whoa, he just made his finisher. Oh my God, this is going to be the finish. It's not like that. It's just he hits a move and gets the pin. And that's sort of the the end of the deal. Yes. Dominic comes in and stands over Dragon Lee because they're going to wrestle at NXT deadline, and I'm sure that's going to be a fantastic match. But I'm not super thrilled with Dragon Lee dropping two matches right when it looked like he was on the cusp of being taken seriously on this show. And that. that's not to say they can't rehabilitate him mm. by just going back to that and doing it for longer, but it feels a little stop-start, and it particularly two rough showings from the Survivor Series match and this, where I don't think the matches were, like, bad, but no. they weren't in front of a crowd where they were going to get over either. So it's just a difficult combination. I hear what you're saying, because when I see them wrestle, I keep thinking to myself, if they're given, like, 15 to 20 minutes, they can cook. It'd tear the house down. Yeah. It's just that every time we see them wrestle, we keep thinking to ourselves, there's more. It's the stuck in first gear. I think that's what you're annoying. Yeah. You're like, you're getting ready. Because when you when you want, when you watch a wrestling match with these two caliber athletes, you know for a fact, once they, they, they do the preliminary spots, the lucha spots, you know, the arm drags, the head scissors, and, you know, the dives. But it's, there's a middle portion of the match when they kick up to the next gear, when it gets faster paced, and then the match gets crazier, and the crowd mm-hmm. start getting on their feet. That's the moment you're waiting for, and it doesn't quite get to that. And then, I, again, I still feel like they're saving it. Maybe third time's the charm, but I do feel like it's a WWE math situation where it's like, we're going to make Dragon League lose twice, but watch on Sunday and potentially him become North American champion will wipe away the memory of him being a loser yeah. and he's going to parade the title on Raw or, or SmackDown. And you'll be like, oh, look, he beat Dominic Mysterio. Who did he lose to in the ton- tournament? In their mind, they're thinking that. Yeah. But I know what you mean. You, you're hoping that the, the old Vince way of like, we introduce a wrestler for a bit, he has a bit of a winning streak, and then he starts to lose, 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 lose. Cameron Graham's out. <laughs> right. And that's sort of the thing here, where I don't think Dragon Lee is going to end up like Cameron Grimes. No. Because I think he's maybe a little bit more marketable. You know, he's got a cool mask, and he's colorful, and he does flips, and he's a very good wrestler. Not that Cameron Grimes isn't, but you know what I mean. Mm. But mm, it's it's just a little bit tricky with this one in it. Like... These two guys, in like an 18-minute match, given plenty of time, yeah. tear the house down, mm-hmm. 
These aren't two guys that I am particularly interested in seeing right now having like an eight-minute match with the middle chunk cut out for a commercial on SmackDown in front of a cold crowd, mm -hmm. you know? Mm, and exactly. that's probably true about pretty much everybody on the roster, yeah. but I think it is particularly hurting these two guys, especially after a good little winning streak from Dragon Lee and a really good heel turn from Santos Escobar. Both of them feel very cooled off over the last two or three weeks. Yeah. I yeah. know. It's, we're hoping that with a potential return of Carlito and Rey Mysterio, the feud will get heated up again. Yeah. I think um, Santos is now like, I don't know, because Dragon Lee's still new. Um, this, this crowd didn't help the situation, but I do feel like next week when we go back to our usual crowds, it's going to be much better than what we've been getting the last couple of weeks. But I, I understand your, why you, you know, your your concerns yeah mm. well we cross our fingers and hope for a good crowd backstage we had randy orton approaching nick aldis and he has his reservations about teaming with la knight he said he didn't even know who la knight was until like a week ago which i always think is funny it's just like this guy was like the biggest star on the show like during the the late summer into early fall mm -hmm. and then another guy comes back and he's just like oh i don't know who this guy is it's like, I get that Randy Orton was busy and he was elsewhere, hmm. but it always felt to me like, you know, whenever The Rock would come back and be like, who is Dolph Ziggler? Hmm. Who is the who is this Booker T fellow? It's big league and you think. Yeah, it does just kind of feel like, well, Randy Orton's here and LA Knight's here. And that may be the case in the mind of a lot of people, but the idea should be that WWE wants to, you know, bridge that gap slightly. But regardless, he says that he doesn't know about teaming with this guy. He doesn't know he can trust him. And he's there to give a check to cover his fine of $50,000 from last week. And Nick Aldis and him are having this conversation. Then Nick Aldis looks down and he says, this check is for $100,000. And Randy Orton just goes, ah, that's for next time. Lol. I thought that was a really cute, cheeky way to get around the, the check thing. Because, like, I find anytime somebody gets fined in wrestling, I'm always just like, nah. I don't, it's yeah. fake money. Yeah. Like, it's either so small where I'm like, ah, it doesn't matter, or it's like comically large fine. Like, I remember when they fined Seamus half a million dollars for broke kicking a referee or something. And I was just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever you say. But I thought this was just like, ah, it's Randy Orton just being, mm -hmm. being funny. And, mm -hmm. you know, I thought this was a good little deal. So far, how do you feel they've been booking him? Because uh, if you remember, Randy Orton was the only wrestler that Triple H had yet to book. So, so far, how do you think they're handling mm. him? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say because this window of time just seems to be like the, ah, we'll get through December and then start mm. ramping things up a little bit. Because, I mean, the first few weeks, I think it's been fine. You know, I'm happy to see Randy Orton back on SmackDown in a main event role, all these sort of things. But, like, yeah, it's, it's been perfectly adequate, I think. I'm not super blown away by it. I'm not like, ooh, they're doing something new with him. Mm. I am happy to just see, like, family man Randy home, you know, back doing his wrestling thing after being gone for a year and a half. Like, that, to me, for the month of December going into the holidays, into Royal Rumble season, that is, like, enough for me. But he's one of those rare people where you can see where everyone's WrestleMania journey is except for Randy Orton. I've always felt that. He always kind of feels like he's too big a star to not be booked into a major match. But it's always like, well, what's he going to do then? Well, I was thinking he probably might still be... Because 
if Cena's available, then it's Cena and Solo. If sure. Cena's busy with his movie career, then I see it being Randy and Solo. But I feel mm. like it's a variation of like Randy. Is is weird things like LA Knight's wrestling uh, Logan Paul, but for some weird f- f- reason it doesn't happen. I seen being in like a makeshift uh, six man tag with Jay. Yeah, <laughs> even though it should be Jay versus Jimmy, but they realize Jay and Jimmy's not hot enough feud unless they ramp up. The, the, the bitterness between them, it could be a throwaway tag match where Solo and Jimmy and whoever against Jay and Randy and LA Knight or something like that. Like, that's why I'm kind of not worried, but I feel like that's where he might get slotted into, like a random makeshift tag team to fight the, the Bloodline members that are not doing much. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting because, I, I, again, I totally agree. Randy Orton so often feels like the, the kind of the odd man out because mm-hmm. they don't tend to put him in the main event picture of wrestlemania that much anymore you know they did in 2017 for example but otherwise it's like oh he's in a four-way for the u.s title aj aj could be his tag team partner it could be him and aj versus you know yeah like i feel feel like because even aj because you got guys like aj styles who there's been a debate lately what's going on with aj styles and i'm gonna be honest paul levesque has been booking AJ Styles horribly since he took over because it, people people say Boneyard matches and anything's Boneyard match Night of Champions okay he got heated up for a bit Night of Champions he was in the final they make sense why he was in there because the Smackdown guy whatever but it, it showed that you if, if they wanted to they could book AJ to be you know this fighting underdog but you could also argue that this face run has now reached its limit they probably should be healed him and OC members should be healed to, to you know inject some life into them because it comes to a point where you're like all right if aj is not being used properly put him back in tna because there's been that debate lately have you are you one of those guys thinking that if they're not using him correctly he should just go to tna well no because i'm sure he is making several times over the amount of money in wwe that he would be making in tna Mm. and like i have full respect for the career of aj styles I think he might be in the period of time of his career where you're going to get three and a quarter stars and like it. And that's going to be him going, this is me now. And it's going to be good, but not brilliant. He's not going to be on the crazy tear he was on in 2016, no. where he was the best wrestler in the world. He was. He's getting up there. And I don't particularly fault him if he wants to take a bit of a step back. Well, not you know? him. It's just like, even the old, like, even with the OC, you know, it was like, why did you guys come? We know why they came back. In kayfabe, we like to say in kayfabe sure. reason, right? Not in real life, like, you know, money and be home with their family, which is the main reason why they took the money and they shut their mouths. But in kayfabe reason, it's kind of like they, they could be doing more. Even like me and Yim, you know, Meechin, there's so much more you can do in that group. Again, that's a conversation for another time, moving on swiftly. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. How did we get onto this? We're talking about Randy Orton and what he was going to do at WrestleMania. Well, I'm doing your favor because your your favorite guy is in the next match. He sure is. (laughs) So. Well, Cody's thing is next, but yeah. Yeah, we we had Cody come out next in the John Cena role, basically just thanking the troops. They did a tribute to the troops video package before Cody showed up. He then threw to another tribute to the troops video package and thanked the troops. And then he brought out the U.S. Army or Marines or something i think it was the army and they did the marching line twirl the the musket thing around uh they did a john cena's wrestlemania entrance at 26 i say is the one thing that the military has ever done that one thing for (laughs) no it was you know they did their routine it was that 
And that was Cody's appearance. Mm-hmm. And there's not a whole lot to, you know, glean from it by any means. It's just that like he's obviously a top guy. Like, but that just, to yeah. me was the big thing. He's in the John Cena role now mm-hmm. and has been for a while. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't new, but it is further confirmation where it's like he is the guy for yes, he them. Yeah. He's the one that's going to go out there and be like, hey, SmackDown, yeah, yeah, we're here for tribute to the troops. Look at this video package. Mm. And that's cool. And they bring out a military man, and he does commentary for the next match. Brad Nessler, that's the gentleman's name. He does uh, football commentary for the Army-Navy. So, yes, uh, apparently he's, he's like a legend in some circle. But he had a very nice voice, very old school. Uh, JBL mentioned like he's kind of like, sound like Gene Oakland-esque kind mm. of classic voice. So I did enjoy listening to his voice during the next match. Because the next match was Bobby Lashley, who got to have a pre-recorded little video deal where he talked about being in the army, uh, as well as Montez Ford, his you know partner in this little unnamed still trio. Uh, the, was it people? Were, it, were people they quit the Hurt Prophets? That's <laughs> 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 what the name is at the moment until we get yeah. an actual name. Until we get a real name for these guys. Yeah. Uh, but they both got to do little like you know, cheers to the military promos. And then, this of course being another U.S. title contender tournament match, it was Bobby Lashley versus Karrion Cross. TNA, Impact Wrestling, TNA. <laughs> yeah, this was an Impact Wrestling match. Karrion Cross has let his hair grow out even more, mm-hmm. and I think now it's getting to the point where it's like, eh, it's not that bad of a look. He, it's the middle stage of people's hair growth in wrestling, where like the you awkward re- stage, yeah. You need to be off for several months if you're going to grow your hair all the way out. Awkward stage, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of those like awkward stage haircuts in in wrestling that you know. Anytime you see, it's always like Jericho when he had like it was like 2016, you mean halfway when he through had the... the year, yeah. <laughs> It was like 2016, 17, where he would always have his headband in because he was growing his hair out. He had it for like the first Kenny match at Mm. Wrestle Kingdom Mm. where he didn't have the long hair that he ended up having when AEW started. Yeah. But his hair wasn't short either. I I heard there was also a rumor that he was losing hair on the front. So that's why he was doing the front. Yeah, Naito gave him pile driver and he has a big bald spot on his head now. Because of that? I don't know if it was because of that, but I don't think that patch has ever grown back in. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, regardless, Karrion <laughs> Cross is now out of that stage, and he is into his long hair era, and they had a match. It was okay on paper. I wrote down a potential host fight, and they, you know, it, it looked for makings of it. But again, like all TV matches, we 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 we're, we're like we we mourn what could have been because mm. it's. It was stuck in first gear. That's what we can say. It was mostly Lashley was dominating the match. It's like um, Karrion Cross would try, but Lashley would get the better of him. That's like the formula of the match. That's what tended to happen, yeah. Yeah, that's basically all it was. And military man, Brad Nessler. Nessler, uh, yeah, yeah. Nessler, he made a crack on here. I don't even know if it was a crack. It was just an observation. which was just like, oh, yeah, Karrion Cross. I haven't seen him since, like, August. Didn't AJ beat him? It's just like, my God. Art Donovan level. No, actually, he's better than Art Donovan. He at least knows who these people are. I yeah. know how much this guy weighs. He knows the product. <laughs> knows the product enough to know that Karrion Cross is a goober. Like, like, come on now. We're at, I'm, I feel bad for him a little bit. Like, bro, I'm sure he's getting paid nicely, but like, what no. did you come back for? Okay. Um, what I'm going to say is, 
Triple H has a knack for doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait till next year. I am, because we've been doing this podcast for a while together. We're like past over a year and yeah. anniversary house of the Black Mask. Thank you for supporting us. 2024 is the judgment day. I'm willing to admit, I'll be willing to concede I'll carry a cross. If 2024 <laughs> is not his year. If 2024, the year of carrying cross. Woo, long year, brooding promos. Woo. If he's not consistently on TV next year, like if, if Triple H doesn't have big plans for him post WrestleMania and we get to here, <laughs> December 2024, I will take off my hat. I'll be like, yeah, he, it's a, it's officially a bust. I'm still thinking that, kind of like, look at uh, Bailey, for example, once, when we get to her. Certain wrestlers, they go through a phase of like constantly losing. They're not in the plans, not figured in because there's so many moving pieces. Seeing Punk is now back. It's WrestleMania season. So as a result, Karen Cross is one of the casualties because you there's only so much people that can get spots. He's going to be Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner if he's happy or not. We might not even win that either. But yes, after that season, hopefully, I'm with you. Because I, I, of his look, the entrance, the manager, it should work, but it's not. There's something missing. We thought that uh, Scarlett Border was the was the missing piece. She's there, but the push is not there. It's like he's not NXT carrying cross. Is it because the long hair? Long hair people can still kick butt. as Drew McIntyre, but there's something missing, and I understand. For me, it's the inconsistency. It's the fact oh. that he's on TV one month and he's off. Then he's on and he's off. You know. I made a joke that Shinsuke Nakamura was playing the part of carrying cross spooky promos, <laughs> you know, come out attacking, you know. He's doing better than... Nakamura's doing the better gimmick version of what he's meant to be doing. Yeah, I think it's the inconsistency and the fact because he's gone for a long chunk of time and he's still not over to a degree, there's not like a fan base clamoring for him. So when he comes back, you're like, oh, well, you know, what'd you expect? Yeah. <laughs> if Lashley lost, you would have been mad. You'd be like, Lashley's part of a group and he's getting pushed. This guy's doing nothing. Well, no, I would have... I would have been pissed off if they did all this military stuff for Bobby Lashley and then he comes out here and loses this match. I would have just said that was disrespectful. There's only one guy that would have enjoyed that. Yeah, well, then so again, he likes the military, so he wouldn't have yeah. done that. It would have been like a squash match. Yeah. I, I will hold you to that, and I yes. will check back in December 9th, 2024, to see if Sat has finally turned on Karrion Cross. But this match did indeed end with Bobby Lashley spearing Karrion Cross and advancing in the tournament. So... Again, it was a match. We had a backstage segment where Bailey was trying to make amends with damage control, but Dakota had to say, uh, Bailey, maybe you shouldn't come out there for the match later. And she was there looking sad. So it's that episode of Simpsons, by the way. There's two homers, the flashback with the two homers. That's why I, I thought in yeah. instantly, like, no homers. <laughs> You're allowed to have one. Yeah. It's yeah. And then Bailey does, Bailey's doing the whole, you know, sad sack thing really well. I, I'm feeling sorry for her. She lost her arrogantness. It's been a while since she's done a brash promo. She's just like all sad. And, yeah. And Nicole and is always like, um, Oh, so awkward. Uh, you, you, uh, can you go get us some, you know, some chest? Dakota knows what's about to happen, yeah. but she has to be like, Listen, baby. Uh, yeah. Oh, they're boy. totally not going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. It's going to be her. She, she's going to put the dagger through. Yeah. I think that's just going to hit the, hard, the hardest. It's going to be her. But so, of course, this was to set up what happened after the punk promo, which was the Charlotte and Asuka match. And during Asuka's entrance, all of Damage Control got wiped out by the rest of the SmackDown women's roster. You had people like Zelina Vega out there. Shotzi was out there. They all got sent to the, well, not sent to the back, but they brawled to the back to make sure that this was a one-on-one -on -one match. Mm -hmm. Now, this match was very unfortunate mm -hmm. because this was 
First of all, it was a TV, not even main event match between Charlotte and Oscar, and they can and have had good matches together. On TV, yeah. On TV, even. Mm. But this was not going to be the main event. This was going to be, you know, kind of an angle match. And then it went wrong before we even got to that part. Because during the commercial break, Charlotte got hurt. And I've seen the clip on Twitter. It is gnarly. It's, what happened? Because people say it was a moonsault. But what, what, what it was wasn't it? a moonsault. They looked like they were going up to do a superplex. Right. And it just went wrong. They went up and they couldn't quite get their footing. And then both Asuka and Charlotte fell. No. And Charlotte like hit the top rope on the way down and her leg like went, oh. didn't bend the wrong way, but it whipped real hard oh. coming off the ropes. No. And you see that and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna give this match a break. This is just highly unfortunate and it happens sometimes. But Charlotte was hobbling the rest of the match when they came back from commercial. They basically went right to the finish. Yeah, yeah. I, they I, did. Uh, they did a figure eight spot, but Oscar got out of it, and Bailey was there, got on the apron, and it almost came to a head with Bailey and Oscar hitting one another. But they mm. stopped, and then Charlotte went, hit Bailey off of the apron, and then Oscar rolled Charlotte up for the one, two, three. I don't know how badly Charlotte was hurt in all of this. Hopefully she doesn't miss any time because mm. I still think Bianca versus Charlotte is the move Ooh, for WrestleMania. I didn't think of that. But, ah, uh, what a mess. Like, what a, yeah. sh what a shame more than anything. Because like, it, it, it does feel like a post, during the Survivor, post Survivor Series is like Charlotte starting to work as a baby face to, mm -hmm. you know, to a degree, even though we still don't know if um, Bianca potentially for the title, people are hoping it's kind of like what Bailey went through this, during the summer when we, when we got worried that she re-injured her knee, but it was just like a little, you know, hyperextension and she was yeah. fine. So fingers crossed, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to Charlotte Flair. Hopefully she, she it's not that bad and she can get back into the ring. Hopefully it's not like a Mercedes Monet situation because we were hoping she will come back and look what happened in that situation. But yeah, please. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they kind of furthered the story here because Bailey was having a big old smile afterwards because yeah. Oscar won. So she was like, "Yeah, I did it." Even mm. though she disobeyed Damage Control's wishes by coming out, I don't know how they will view that. Maybe we'll find out next week. Bloody heck, she's the leader for goodness' sake. I'm sick of this tiptoeing <laughs> around. It's kind of like if you attack me, attack me. Even she knows it. That's the weird thing. She subconsciously knows there's something iffy's going on. But is it kind of is it is it a case of like she's burnt so many bridges? So she feels like she's got nobody but the people she's around. Is that what maybe, it is? Maybe. Yeah? Like, who's going to come to her aid? Yeah. You know, if they turn on her. But that's the great thing about it, man. It's not about the attack. It's the waiting for the attack. When you know it's coming and you just got to hope and wait. We'll see. I was thinking that it was going to happen by now. Like, that War Games was yeah. going to be the thing. Yeah. The power yeah. keg that we get lit. Nah. I've, some, someone read that uh, Royal Rumble is a great place for turns to happen. Yeah. Because of Sami Zayn. I feel like they, they, they watch the Bloodline storyline. They got analytics and data and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. They're like, oh, what's popping the internet? It's like, so I think even like, for example, I know I know we never talk about Raw. I just want to briefly say, our truth hanging out of Judgment Day is very much Sami Zayn in the Bloodline. And even to the point where Damien Priest was kind of like, he went to JD McDonough. He was a bit hard. He went to JD, get him out of here. And then JD's like, get out our truth. You're a bit too harsh on him. I'm like, ah, the key to the babyface turn is our truth. I just wanted to say that because I'm I'm not on a raw podcast. <laughs> but I just want to say that, yeah, the bloodline seeps through everything. So everything, you know, long title reign, storylines, the bloodline. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why. So then we had the CM Punk backstage segments. So yeah. 
We had CM Punk trying to find Nick Aldis's office. Called it a locker room. I don't no. know why a GM would need a locker room, but no. regardless. He goes to find Nick Aldis, and he asks Kevin Owens backstage if he knows where Nick Aldis is. And he just goes, no. And CM Punk just goes, all right, thanks for your help. But, but even before that, though, he approached a certain door. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's door, well, the bloodline door. As he was looking, there's two things that happened. There's two, there's two, there's two ways of people looking at it. There's a bloodline locker room door. CM Punk goes to approach to knock on the door, but he thinks of the better of it and it just keeps him moving. A lot of people are alluding to that's Punk's way of showing like, hey, he was thinking of barging into a locker room, but he thought the better of it. Another AEW reference. <laughs> Curious. Yes. Or, Might be a reach. But... Yeah, yeah. Or it could be a case of like, I'm not ready to start beef with the bloodline, so I'm just going to keep it moving. Yeah. And Paul, I'll see you some other time because it was an acrimonious split mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And yeah, those were those two interactions in that segment. Mm. And then we had CM Punk being given a contract by Nick Aldis. He found the locker room, turned out. And he gets the contract and just says, thank you, sir. And then Cody Rhodes walks in. And Cody Rhodes just says, so, uh, you know, main event WrestleMania means you're going to win the Royal Rumble. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And then shook his hand and welcomed him back. So I don't know if I would say that that one was tense, but no. it, it was two baby faces both being like, we know that we want the same thing and we can't both have it. So it's kind of like a mutual agreement. We'll see each other down the road in the final two type thing, I would imagine. We're both going to destroy two members of the shield. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final one that we had after another tribute to the troops video package was Randy Orton getting approached by LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. And before the, either of them could say anything, CM Punk walked up and just went, what? Good, blah, blah, blah. Yep. That's what he said. He said, good luck tonight, guys. And they walked off and both of them were just kind of like, Huh. And Randy Orton just says to LA Knight, he's like, you, you ready for tonight? And he just says, yeah, and walks off. Actually, he went, yeah. Well, yeah, it, was it wasn't like, like yeah. It, it was, it's kind of like, come on, man. Like, I know you've been gone for a year, but give me a break kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, it, you're right. It's kind of like LA Knight's like, who are, you, who are you to come to my show that I've been carrying on my back and ask me, are you ready? Are you ready? You came up from the injury reserve list, sir. Yeah. So this then led to our main event, and it was Randy Orton and L.A. Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Wearing boots. Wearing Solo's boots. wearing boots. <laughs> he either stubbed his toe or got given some interesting advice. Mm. I had a couple of thoughts from this match. Yes, sir. One of which was that this felt like a house show match. Mm. A lot of the matches on here felt like house show matches anyway, but it was just like, yeah, it was, it's a TV main event. It was... Perfectly average. Mm. The big things, the takeaways of this match were that the partners were kind of getting tense with one another. L.A. Knight and Randy Orton would like tag themselves in and be like, you know, give each other like, yeah, I got this. You don't need to do that, etc. And at one point, Jimmy Uso was also upset with Solo Sokoa. So it's like, ooh, more bloodline tension. However, mm -hmm. The ending of the match then came 
with Randy Orton hitting an RKO on Jimmy Uso after LA Knight had gone for the BFT. Jimmy pushes LA Knight off, turns around, gets hit with an RKO. So LA Knight watches. Randy Orton sort of steals the pin, the mm-hmm. finisher, whatever you want to call it. And that's how the match ends. That's how the show goes off the air. Well, they shake hands. Sid. It, it, yeah. it an acknowledgement of respect. I think this match was like, was it respect forged in combat sort of situation? Maybe something like that. We'll see how important this relationship is in the next little while. Because again, like we said, this could be something that gets built to WrestleMania, whether they're a team or or allies, or just, again, mutual respect with common enemies, or something like that. It, last week, I did say, I made a joke when LA Knight came out to save Randy Orton, that the part of Matt Riddle's play by <laughs> LA Knight, because there's a lot of things that never got wrapped up of, of Randy being in a tag team, sure. and I do feel like whatever beats they wanted to tell, Riddle's not there for it anymore. The whole Randy Orton getting revenge in his bloodline, so he needs a new ally, so that's where LA Knight steps in. Mm-hmm. As much as, for certain people, the Macy's is a downgrade. I think it's an upgrade, because the guy was losing to Xavier Woods early in the year, so wherever, he's rubbing shoulders in the main event. So for me, I'll see it as a positive. And even like, for, exa- for example, Randy Orton doesn't raise guys' hands a lot and not RKO them. If he RKO'd yeah. him, then he would have cucked him. Yeah. Well, that's sort of the thing, right? Like, especially with the returns of Randy Orton and CM Punk, it doesn't leave very many top babyface spots for mm-hmm. a guy like LA Knight. And yeah, you could see it being a downgrade for him to go from a Roman Reigns main event pay-per-view match to being in a tag team. But this is still a way of being involved in the main events on TV, mm-hmm. being associated with a top guy in Randy Orton. Bingo. So it's less of a downgrade to me as like, we're gonna put you here to keep your plate spinning a little while until the main event scene gets cleared up just a little bit. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't know if I have a problem with this thing and I will save my judgment on it for next week's SmackDown. But I remember last year around this time, Mm If you were in the bloodline and just lost, you had to answer to Roman Reigns. And now people in the bloodline just be losing matches. You say that, but I feel like it's a nice segue because who's coming back next week? That's what I'm going to say. Like, If Roman Reigns wasn't on the show next week to maybe address the fact that these guys lost this match, I would have more of an issue with it. Mm. So I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and I'm Mm. leaving it for next week because the bloodline story just always makes more sense when Roman's on TV. (sighs) But it it just feels like these matches lack a certain level of stakes that they had last year when everybody, the music would play and everyone would just kind of go like, oh God, he's here. You know, the mob boss has arrived type thing. I don't know if we have that aura no bloodline now. to be honest it's kind of like i hate to say this but i just don't care like when romans is great but it's kind of like because he hasn't defended that much i yeah. exclude his titles meaning anything it's just the belt at the moment doesn't mean anything because he doesn't really defend it yeah i mean i completely agree and I, that that is where we are at with all of this like, an accessory it is an accessory it's unfortunate but that's what it is. And that's what SmackDown was. So let us know what you thought of SmackDown in the comments down below. Let us know what you thought of the CM Punk promo. It's the most important thing. 
Who's going to be the NXT superstar? It's going to be in the other side of the bracket in the U.S. title tournament. I think it's going to be Tyler Bate. Me too. Could be very, very nice to have him on SmackDown. Get get a big, strong boy off developmental. He's been there since the young age of 19, for goodness goodness. sake. He aged before us. His hair's receded before us. Let us know all of those things. In the meantime, we have some very special shout outs to give before we wrap things up today. Those being our $25 and above pledge hammers over on patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk, where you can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. So a big shout out to Jordy Bus Driver, Harry. Yeah. The Gaelic Storm, Heaven Affair. Yeah. The Aztec Warrior, Hector Rodriguez. Yeah. Pitch Perfect, Isaac Octave. Yeah. Murderous James Murtaugh. Yeah. Wrestle Talk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. Yeah. Spoken class today, Jeremy Smith. Yeah. John Jenkinson, son of Jenker. Yeah. The singing luchador, Joseph Santana. Yeah. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Yeah. Too lot to handle, Lottie McCullough. Yeah. Manipulating Manny Umaria! Yeah! Thank you very much to all of our pledge hammers, but especially the $25 and above pledge hammers who get their own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. If you'd like one, sign up at the $25 and above tier over on patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, where you will also see a new and exclusive episode of Survival Series, where we name every single WWE and AEW pay-per-view main event in reverse chronological order of the year of our Lord 2023. Goodness sake. Thank you very much, Sat, for joining me on this here episode of the SmackDown Review Podcast. Make sure you check out the new book over on WrestleShop.com, WWE, AEW, Fallout. All of the stories from the war that has been AEW and WWE. Make sure you get it in time for Christmas. A perfect gift for a wrestling fan near you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Sat. We will be back next week. It won't be me. It'll be Luke Owen, who apparently you've never done a podcast with. Never. So you're getting a new combination here on the SmackDown podcast. It's gonna you're gonna tick off a bingo yeah. card or something. At like the end that. of the year, but of course, it's been a great year for House of the Black Mask. Thank you for this incredible man for all the time he give me when I ramble, ramble, ramble in the microphone. Because you know you're the best. He's the greatest of all time to team with. So I appreciate him. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your time away with your family. I'm going to miss you when you come back. We're going to pick up where we left off, which is dominate WrestleTalk, parts for unknown, get some championship gold and some glory back into the house. You did with Survivor Series. You annihilated the competition, but we're going to win some more. We're going to get some more glory, some more gold. And yeah, happy Saturday, you filthy animals. Happy Saturday day. Happy 2023. Happy holidays and a happy new year. I will see you all in 2024. You see me next week. The house see him next week. always wins. Jam that jam.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.